0: Understanding is the first step to acceptance, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. Albus Dumbledore. Bending Not Breaking. Season 2, Episode 7. Zuko alone And we're back again for another episode of Bending Not Breaking
1: season 2 episode 7. They're going to think we recorded that cuz you do it every single time. Which one? And we're back to
0: Well, we are back and I'm excited about it. Cool 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 cool. I, I, I don't I don't get why that this would be a bad Pruitt thing. This Pruitt talking. And this is Sunshine Mayfield, and this is another episode of Bending Not Breaking, and we're excited to be here. We're glad you're listening. Yeah. We're also glad that we have our third man in the studio, Max Gongaware. Hello, Max. Hello. How? What have you been up to on this wonderful uh, weekend uh, since we recorded last? You've had a week. Things have been going on. Anything exciting?
2: No. Same old stuff. You know how that goes
0: i do stuff and same old things what about you ben anything fun or exciting happened this past week anything new that you've been doing my dog has pneumonia that's no fun
1: i found out that i can pay for her meds at a human pharmacy for like a fourth of the cost
0: also uh and how many how many like did you find this out before you bought non-human pharmacy meds or like oh yeah i
1: found that way after i spent about seven hundred dollars over the past month on medication, and now I realize that I could spend, like, 60.
0: That's unfortunate. I'm sorry yeah. that happened.
1: I'm really kind of frustrated with that.
0: I imagine so. I, I haven't
1: accepted it yet.
0: Uh, well, that goes perfect into our lens, which, as you just said, is what? Acceptance. Acceptance. Pneumonia. No. <laughs> we could, what would a lens of pneumonia be about? Max? Well... And that's the stuff in Windex, right? Yeah.
2: A lens of pneumonia would require that your lungs have water in them.
0: While you watch Avatar.
2: Is that what the show's called?
0: Max, you've been, you've been here for a full six episodes already. Have you not watched one minute of Avatar
1: The Last Airbender? What do you think? Like Wait, just... have, yeah, but really, you haven't seen one minute of it? Like, in, even in passing while we've been watching it?
2: No, I don't watch it while y'all are watching it. I don't live with you.
1: But like you used to, I watched it then.
2: In the other room, usually.
1: That's true. All right, I did buy a separate
0: television. Max, you should watch the show. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Everyone, tweet at us
1: at the Archivee and tell Max
0: how much he should watch the show. Is, this is
1: really a case study in try, trying to see if we can get a stranger to Avatar watch. I it. think that actually
0: could be a fun for our, for one of our next voicemails. We want to hear your one-minute pitch to Max Gongaware on why he needs to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. That could be good. And I will play that. So uh, that's what we want a future voicemail to be, is your one-minute pitch to Max Gongaware on why he should watch Avatar The Last Airbender.
2: I wouldn't waste your time, folks.
0: I uh, No, please do that. And please we're going to see if we can get him to watch some Avatar. Um, but because you haven't seen...
2: To be fair, I also haven't seen James Cameron's Avatar.
0: That's mediocre at best. That's on Disney Plus. I it's it's good. It was great at the time and I think it you know, with rewatches it, it drops a little bit, but it's it's fine. It's like fun.
1: I was never super impressed.
0: You like Pocahontas, right? It's a similar story. What? I mean, it's yeah, it's it's similar okay i'm not i'm that's a thing that is all right well and we'll talk about that but because you haven't seen anything max from avatar it is time for max's uninformed recap recap
1: recap recap
0: so remember we will give you the first scene the last scene five keywords and you will have to weave us the story of what you think happens in this episode of zuko alone are you ready yep as ready as you'll ever be. Opening scene, uh, skipping the recap that happens of previously on Avatar, Zuko is traveling and debates on stealing food that is cooking, but notices that it belongs to a pregnant woman and what we assume to be her partner. The final episode is Zuko is forced to leave town after community members find out who he truly is. Your five keywords are... Flashback, mother, soldiers, death, and knife. Do you need any of that over again? I sure don't. Okay. You've got 47 seconds.
2: Oh, my time limit has also been dis- uh, extinguished slightly?
0: Eh, yeah, slightly. But we're, we're dealing this, with a lot this of this the a, Fire Nation, so extinguished is a good word for it. Decision
2: that. that has been. Um, made partly with ratings and like the ratings have influenced this, this decision. No
0: one has told me that they do not like this segment. So, why do I have I've 13 only, less? Why do I have 13 I've less only seconds? only received positive feedback on
2: it. Why do I have 13 less seconds?
0: I just picked an arbitrary number, Max.
2: It's always been 60 seconds. Okay, you,
1: you have, have 60 s- seconds starting now on your market set. Go.
2: Okay, so the beginning of this episode, which is called Zuko Alone, starts with Zuko. Uh, traveling and debating on whether or not to steal some food from a pregnant woman. Um, well, he steals some food and then realizes that it's a pregnant woman. Um, right. And he has this flashback of his own mother. Um, it's a flashback from when he was in the womb with his mother. Um, and Zuko alone in the womb. Zuko alone in the womb. Right. If you could let me have this my 60 recap. seconds, that'd be great. Thank you so much. I'm gonna, I'm going to add 10 more seconds to my total time, please. Um, so he has this flashback in the mo- in the womb of his own mother, um, and shortly after being born, um, he, his mother was actually killed by some soldiers with a death, a, a death knife. Um, <laughs> and that, that takes care of all five keywords. Um, and it was just like a, I, I don't, how long are the episodes of this show?
0: Uh, like 24 minutes.
2: Yeah. So it was like a 23 and a half minute flashback of where just all that happened. And then at the very end... Um, the community members find out who he is because he's been flashbacking. He's like, the community members are like, oh, that's that guy who has 23 minute flashbacks <laughs> and he's forced, Time. To leave, he's forced to leave town.
1: That was with your 10 seconds. That audition. was with your 10 seconds added.
2: Nailed it.
0: Yeah. Well done. Well done. Uh, Ben Pruitt, would you like to give the real recap? I forgot what happened. Would you like me to give the 30 second recap? Yeah. All right. Ah. <sighs> We see episode recaps of the Agni Kai and him leaving Iroh and his thoughts on his sister. We see Zuko, Zuko take a journey where he debates stealing food from a couple with a baby, but then he doesn't. And then Zuko is in and out of consciousness when he's riding on his chocobo and he sees visions of his mother. He comes upon a village and has a rough go with some army soldiers after a little child throws an egg at them, but he doesn't rat the little kid out. Lee invites Zuko back to his family farm after he didn't throw a rat him out. And then Zuko helps with some chores on the farm and Lee asks him about his past. So we get more Five, flashbacks four, about three, him being a mother and three, then throwing a, two, a red at turtle ducks or rocket turtle ducks and stuff with the Azula goes on and then uh,
2: wow i finished my version of the episode in time at least
0: and then there's more stuff that goes on ultimately though he takes down the soldiers that are being rude but then the community learns who he is and kicks him out yeah they they stop accepting him
2: i think the moral of the story i don't want to step on y'all's toenails but the moral of the story is to never show people who you really are
0: I don't think that I, is, I, that, that's, I, I thoroughly disagree. Yeah, I think that might be the opposite of what I was Thoroughly go disagree.
2: I don't know. See, based on my understanding of this avatar, my long-running understanding of, of the avatars um, and their ability to bend um, but not break, uh, you should never be who you truly are.
1: You've heard it from Max, folks. I disagree. Y'all um, can go ahead and turn off the episode now. There's another <laughs> reason for you to try and convince Max to watch the show. That's right.
2: Yeah, help Um, me be who I really am.
1: So with the... uh,
2: An avatar lover.
0: You could be, though. The the issue is that you don't know that you...
2: I don't know what love is.
0: I don't know what
1: love is.
0: Point. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about acceptance. (laughs) What does acceptance mean? That's a great question. I think, I don't know. And so I, I guess I approach this with like, Especially knowing it's Zuko's kind of like character arc story. We get none of the gang in this episode. No gang. And so we know it's all about Zuko. The episode is called Zuko Alone. Right. Again, keywords and context clues is what I'm pulling from here. And so we already know that he has been looking for acceptance from his family, um, specifically his father, for the entirety of season one. Um, So there's a lot of. Is that what he's looking for? I think so. We've talked about that. About him in search of being accepted by his
1: family. I mean, all he talks about is his honor. His honor. I have to find the avatar. To restore my to honor. To restore my honor. So, how
0: is that acceptance? So he can be accepted by his father. Ah, the implied stuff that's underneath. Uh, it's very layered. Like a parfait. Or an onion. Or an ogre. Um, and so Or Max. I think we... That's, I approached it ex- expecting there to be a lot of him searching for acceptance from others. And honestly, it's I think it's a lot about him needing to accept himself um, for who he is. And I don't know if we get moments of that or do we get moments of that. But there's stuff that goes into that that I think is definitely helpful. For me, the
1: key thing about acceptance is realizing that there has to be something to accept in order for acceptance to be a thing. There has to be something that is not acceptable for acceptance to occur. Right. Right? And so for me, I'll get into that even more. later. I, I, I find that rule to be really interesting about acceptance because I think acceptance is often considered a positive thing. And sometimes I feel like acceptance is patronizing and belittling and, Uh, takes me out of accept like takes me out of seeing the realness of people and things
0: so talk to me more about that when does acceptance come off as patronizing or belittling to use your the words when have you felt that what was going on
1: so i think um i've always been different than the average joe i'm average in many ways but i'm also super not average in plenty of others and i think one of the things that has bothered me is i often get compliments of like you are so you you are you are just so you and that's awesome Mm. and i'm like in my head expletive expletive uh like screw you kind of a deal Um, because to me, yeah, I, I am so me and that as a form of a compliment is also saying you are so you, meaning you are so different and feeling like I am not a part of the group because of who I am really hurts. So in those instances, it's more ostracizing
0: than it is welcoming. Well, and that wasn't it's not inclusive to make a comment like that. I think
1: the subtext is I accept you despite your faults despite these things and you
0: just live yourself like that knowing all that and oh bless your knowing heart that you're weird and you do it anyway oh yeah bless
1: your heart i love you you're so great bless your heart but really i'm just like yeah you can just take that and shove it
0: down your throat uh i feel very similar when like i get a comment from someone when i'm working out and i do and i work out pretty regularly but i'm a, I'm a bigger dude good and, for and you someone comes up and like, good for you i totally didn't expect to see you in here and like that's what it feels like to me and does come off as very patronizing and that might not be the intent and that's not i, that's I doubt a, that would be the intent. Yeah, and right? that's
1: my story my story is that when they say you know what i accept you the story in my head is oh there's something that you needed to accept there's something that you didn't accept before but now you're just gonna like you're okay with it it now and so there's just a lot i have i have trouble with it (laughs) i have issues with
0: acceptance and and Um, how do we get around that because really that is the story that you or i are telling ourselves in those moments and it is not always well the intent of someone now some people do they sit there and say like that person's weird but like good for them for being exactly who they are i guess is like the
1: context that they say things with we um, talked about this before I think but there's a thing called the riddle homophobia scale. I think we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. But on the scale it goes it's a scale of uh, not um, homophobic to homophobic, right? Or vice versa, yes, from homophobic versa. to yeah. not homophobic. And one is as homophobic as you can be. Yeah, one is Eight really is homophobic. as
0: supportive as you can be.
1: Yeah, nurturing, right? Yeah. And so what what happens is acceptance is in the middle i think it's four Uh, yeah which is still considered which is considered homophobic, homophobic yeah right it's still considered and i think this applies to whatever it doesn't have to be just about homophobia or transphobia or any kind of phobia it can be about really anything if i have to be accepted or tolerated or whatever it is that is just downright not nurturing and not helping me flourish as a human being, right? And so the fact that Zuko is continuously looking for acceptance from someone who is continuing to not even accept him, not even tolerate him, in fact, it's he's frankly, like, he's banished his own child, right? It seems like this guy and Zuko trying to find that from him is just not helpful in any way <laughs> yeah and to add even more context it, it, this is this was written
0: as a homophobic scale um but the, when you read it it kind of could be the way that we treat people scale yeah and what's the, the most supportive to the are the least supportive to the most supportive so the first number one's repulsion number two is pity number three is tolerance number four is acceptance and then you get onto the positive attributes of sides which is support admiration appreciation and nurturance um and so you can see how characters fall under under this right you can see the characters that pity zuko along the way you can see the characters that are repulsed by Zuko. You can see the characters that nurture him and appreciate him. And and when you line those characters up, when we watch as the audience, we sit there and go, yeah, I wonder where Azula falls on this scale. Yeah. And I wonder where Iroh falls on this scale. Absolutely. Because they are absolute ends of the spectrum when it comes to the way that they support and I think, Zuko. And
1: I think what makes me most curious about that is why... And how do people move on this scale? And how quickly do they move because of certain pieces of information that
0: they receive? They gain more information. They learn more context. They experience life with that person in a closer range. Yeah. Um.
1: How, and like, how fast does that change? And why? And I'm just, I'm, I'm really curious and interested in figuring that out.
0: Yeah, because I don't have the answer to that. Um. And it's, I would, I would assume the, the more, it's like, it's, uh. There's a Brene Brown quote out there. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, people are hard to hate close up. And so I think that's probably one of the most telling. the wilderness. That the, the more time you spend with someone, the tougher they are to hate, right? The more that you're in conversations with them um, yeah. and living side by side. And so that's I would argue that's probably the main way is to talk to people more, ask questions, ask the question, tell me more. 100. Um, when I, after watching this episode, I, I wanted to un- kind of have an understanding. I, and I searched kind of what is the path to self acceptance or to, um, and there's a an article by Leon Seltzer who's a psychologist from Psychology Today, and uh, he talks specifically about um, before, but how to, what's the first step in becoming more so, self accepting? And it's exactly what you said, right? It's this: I have to accept. That there are things that I've done in my past, or that there are things to accept that have already happened, um, that aren't indicative of who I am as a character, as a person, or do not affect my value. Um, There's
1: a person uh, that's really awesome. Her name's Renee Brown. Um, the irony is that we attempt to disown, or excuse me, we attempt to disown our difficult stories to appear more whole or more acceptable. But our wholeness, even our wholeheartedness, actually depends on the integration of all of our experiences. Brene Brown. Right?
0: I don't know if you've heard of her.
1: Yeah, she's she's pretty great.
0: Um, but we get this moment where he's, he's really saying, and is saying, is that you've got to accept that these things are a part of your past and a part of what you've done. What his first thing is, is what defines your self-acceptance is what we see uh, throughout the entire episode here um, with Zuko alone. The way that you are parented or the way that adults create identity around you as you are growing up, specifically before the age of eight, your your brain is not creating an identity. It is fully – it is like a sponge breathing in what other people are saying your identity is. Yeah. Um. And in, so if you have a parent who is, does a really good job of saying things like – You are a wonderful, caring child, but you made a poor decision versus you are dumb for making that decision. Yep. It is going to drastically affect the way that you are as a child um, and the way that you grow up and the way that you see yourselves. And whether or not that you have this self-acceptance that allows you to understand that the mistakes that you make don't necessarily define who you are if you can
1: keep those mistakes from happening over and over and over One of my favorite podcasters is named Hillary McBride, and she's a part of the Liturgist podcast. She's also does a podcast uh, called Other People's Problems, where she uh, kind of exposes therapy for what it is and talks about it and normalizes people who are in therapy, and it's phenomenal. Both of those podcasts are excellent. But the episode that I'm about to reference is from the Liturgist podcast, which is episode on shame, and she talks about how this concept that you're talking about, which is essentially that our social identity is formed in, in a way around if we imagine ourselves as a mirror and if we imagine the people around us as mirrors. We can look into a mirror and see that we are whole and uh, we see our whole selves, we see who we really are, or we can look into a mirror that is broken And we could see ourselves in a broken way based off the reflection that others put back onto us. And so we are who we are, right? But the people who are reflecting back onto us who we are is what we see. And therefore, that is what forms our identity. And so what we see and know is based off of the people around us. And that is drastic before eight, but it is still essential to recognize as you get past eight right as you become a fully formed adult who you surround yourself by determines how you see yourself because the only way you can see yourself is through other people's eyes if you think about it uh hillary talks about how like you have never truly seen your own face you've seen a reflection of your face you've seen uh pictures of your face but you've never seen your own face the only way you will have seen that there's no way there's no way you can have done it right yeah I mean co would have to steal your literal face but then you wouldn't have eyes so you couldn't see it anyway oh, man. right and so legit Stinking you've Ko. never been able to see your face and it's the same way with ourselves like you've never really been able to see yourself the way that other people's other people can um and i am drastically butchering it in terms of the way hillary says it it's phenomenal and i highly recommend listening to that whole episode but um I just think it's really uh, poignant for what you were just talking about and what we're looking at with zuko here
0: and let's talk more about zuko and let's talk more about this episode um so what are moments for you whether they were in flashbacks or in the present day where you sit there and, and you you see really this lens of acceptance highlighted
1: okay so there's there are several moments that come to mind um there's a moment in the beginning where Zuko says, "Like I've always had to struggle and fight, and that's how I became who I am, or something along." That was those in sides. the
0: recap from after he kidnaps Aang
1: and gets put in like the ice storm. Yeah, yeah. I've always had to struggle and fight, and like that's my identity is essentially what he's saying. And for me, there's a really interesting thought process there. Like he has accepted that his life will be hard, when, <laughs> frankly. His life doesn't have to be hard in the way that he's making it hard. And so this is really troublesome because what we see throughout this whole series is Zuko is grappling with. He's grappling with not only his struggle for love, belonging, and acceptance from someone who's not willing to give it to him, but he's also continuing to try. And as soon as he stops continuing to look for that, that's when his path changes. That's when he joins the Avatar, spoiler alert, and that's when he starts working towards a different goal. And so to me, one of the things that comes to mind is when a, you know, when you are sitting in a briar patch and you're complaining about the briars, you can like, okay, I'm going to work, I'm going to move this briar, patch. I'm going to move this one, I'm going to move this one, I'm going to try this, but then you start to hurt yourself this way, or you could get out of the briar patch. Right? Quit hurting yourself. Why are you putting yourself in a situation and keeping yourself in a situation? If you've got the resources to get out of the Briar Patch. And some people don't even know they're in a Briar Patch. Right. right? But it's one of those things where as soon as he realizes that he's in a Briar Patch, he gets out. It takes him a long time. But I think that's what's so special about this whole story is seeing Zuko realize that he's sitting in a Briar Patch and he can walk out.
0: And do you feel like he noticed... finds that out by the end of it. Do you feel like that he
1: he understands that by the end of this episode? Not this episode, no. But I do think that this is this is the beginning and that quote is what clued me in like that quote reminded me of that whole thought process.
0: Well and so there I think there's moments where he's not looking for acceptance in this episode, and those are the moments you see him act in a way that you would consider you see him smile positive or yeah. smiling, right? So like he is clearly not looking for acceptance from the soldiers when He stands them down the first or the second or the third time. He's not looking for their acceptance. He's looking to do what's right. And what he knows is what's right in those moments. And in those moments, he comes out as the bigger person and comes off as caring and comes off as supportive and clearly has those traits inside And the of whole him. town
1: sees that. And the whole him.
0: town sees that in him and says stuff like they're rooting for him. Yep, they're, inviting they're, clapping, him back, yeah. they're inviting him back to the farm. He's helping with chores. He's not looking to be accepted in those moments because he's even trying to get out of that situation where they're like, you want to stay at the farm? And he's like, Nope, I've got things to do. And then um, Lee's mom makes a really inclusive gesture by being like, well, Hey, why don't you help with some of the chores we got going around here? And then we'll eat dinner.
1: That always makes me that whole concept because that's a that's a trope that happens. That is a like a dignity trope where uh, offering, hey, come and have dinner, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, why don't you work for your dinner, and then you can have dinner. I'm like, okay, that's a pride
0: thing. I'm not taking
1: from you. Yeah, right? I'm not. Yeah, and so she eases that burden by saying, well, why don't you work for it? And that makes it easier for Zuko to accept, right? That kind of acceptance makes it so that he doesn't want to take pity right? Pity is number two on the scale. He doesn't want pity. He wants dignity. Does that also come from a
0: place of you are clearly not thriving right now and I don't want my burden to be your burden? Absolutely. Um, So it's not even less of pity but it's this place of like I don't want to be a burden on you. You clearly have your stuff that you're going through. I don't want to add to that. Let me just go. Then it turns into why don't you help us? Why don't you ease that burden a little bit and then stick around for dinner? And that could also be the flip side of that coin. Well, and there's
1: so many different stories that could happen in that moment to describe and, like, think about, like, why did she do it that way? But, I like, for me, the story is he doesn't want to take a handout, right? Sure. And I imagine that's the dominant story for people watching. I think so. Right? I would imagine that's true. And if it's not, I want to hear from you. What was your, What was the story that's in your head for Zuko in that moment,
0: Right? What does this say about the accepting nature of what needs? So like he's accepted by this family, at this it, time, like, and almost immediately. But and it's but it's partly partly because of what he did. Yeah, it's because of the actions that he took that little showed, brother. That Lee said like I can likely trust you. Yeah. Um. But then also mom makes pleas to make sure she's creating a welcoming and opening space to be accepted into which i think is really important
1: well and then dad makes it really easy for him to stay accepted by making it so that he didn't have to reveal any information
0: yep you don't he, have to hey, tell me that, your name. that trust was there yeah let his past be his past that's not your thing to ask questions about lee right like yeah so you and, get these moments of that family is creating a welcoming space with it, which is equally as important as someone who is trying to make sure that they are ex- being vulnerable and extending trust to be into that space to be accepted
1: yeah, I think it's just really interesting if we jump ahead to where, like, we look at where we are now, Zuko is not only accepted, but feels like he could, like, if he wanted to, he could probably stay there a while. He could probably live with this family, right? It, it feels that way. And at the end, as soon as they find out that he's the banished Fire Lord's son, frankly that he can firebend it all and they, they just as soon as they find out who he is all of that is just erased
0: based off of historical data based off of experiences they've had
1: with people from the fire nation it, like well, based off of well, it feels like th- those things completely overrode the fact good all the good, that all the good things that did. he had done and like they just forgot how they were treating him before right he's the same person And it just strikes me, like, when have I done that? When have I heard something and my mind shift has shifted so quickly that I lost all of the evidence that was in front of me showing the opposite was true?
0: I don't know, and I I wonder if this actually goes directly against Max's argument uh, from earlier about being your authentic self. This all happens once Zuko goes, I am Prince Zuko! son of ursa and fire lord ozai and i'm the prince and heir to the throne which i would argue that's not his authentic self those are all titles that have been given to him but when he's playing that version that's not necessarily the his most authentic and best version of himself
1: i think i'm gonna push back on that um i think that that is who he is that means he is the fire lord's son
0: yeah but i would argue that that is that is the mask and we've talked about him wearing masks and uh, similar to toff um being the beifong's daughter and that being a role that she, yeah she is you know the beifong's daughter and a part of this rich family but the her true most authentic version of herself is the blind bandit and the way that she was when she was in that tournament and I would argue the same for Zuko, that when he is trying to stand up to and, and be accepted by his father and be what his father is expecting him to be, he is not living into himself authentically.
1: I agree with that. I don't think him proclaiming that he's the Fire Lord's son is that. I think that he's saying – in my mind, to me, that feels like him saying, yes, I am the Fire Lord's son. Yes, I am these things. But that's not I – don't, I don't feel like it's a period Right? I don't feel like it's I am these things and that's the end of who I am. Right? I feel like it's him saying these things in addition to what you've already seen. Right. It's not this and this alone, it's this and everything else that you have seen of me. You should, like, yes, I am these things which are scary and not okay. And I, even I don't love them. That's why I was hiding them from you. But it's who I am. Yeah. Right, I, that's, I, I, that's, I can get behind
0: that argument. Unfortunately, the town sees the the just the back end of that, right? Of like, course,
1: absolutely. And and I one hundred percent agree that him, even from the first season, that part of him is not who he really is.
0: Because what's the difference between that and saying, "And y'all, I'm, I'm Prince Zuko," like in in that and versus the like. The proclamation. The proclamation, the herald of this is my royal-ness.
3: Well, to
1: me, it feels like this is like – it feels like a uh, – imagine breaking through a dam. It all comes pouring out. Right. It's not something that like, oh, I'm going to let this slip in this one little bit. It's like, oh, no, all of this comes pouring out because I've been holding it back for so long that I can't anymore. Right? And it all slips out, and it all comes out pouring out of him, and he just wants – to be accepted. He want, He doesn't even... He's not even looking for even nurturing I, yet. He's yeah. looking for acceptance.
0: Yeah. Well, and the fact... Because he's so focused of wanting that acceptance, he ignores the nurturing. And he ignores the um, the admiration. We accept the love that, we think we deserve. Exactly. Um, which is not Brene Brown. Steven Chbosky. <laughs> Perks of being a wallflower. So good. Um, But it's... Because he is so heavily focused on that level four level of the scale that we talked about earlier... He's ignoring when he's being given eight and seven and six. Um, because we see that in moments. We see that in moments of... Um, really in the way that Iroh talks to him throughout the entire of the first season. Even Mom talked but, to but him in his e- flashbacks. There's even moments where Aang, I think, admires Zuko. Um, is, we could have been friends. We could, could we have been friends? When he gets saved by Zuko, uh, when Zuko's the Blue Spirit... I think you would have to agree that Aang admires Zuko for what he did in that moment. Um, but Zuko does not see those things because he's so focused on being accepted. Um, and so what's, you know, what's the solution to that? How do, when you're in that, when you're in the Briar Patch, how do you know to get out of it? Um, and is that through the, the people around you to help do that?
1: And do we see that in this episode anywhere? Well, shame is a social wound, and it requires a social bomb. So shame is uh, something that we experience alone, but comes from other people, and so the the remedy for that also comes from other people, and that's what makes shame so scary, because we feel like we're experiencing it alone. We feel like we are, and that's why it's Zuko alone, right? Is we like there's. We feel, and he doesn't have to be. Yeah, he doesn't. Ha- he he left Iroh because of the things that he's going through, right? Yeah. Um, well, the then, next episode, there's a lot of really good one-liners that would be really poignant <laughs> for this for episode Zuko to hear to hear right now. Um,
0: Which a tough hears them then. Yeah. But stay but,
1: tuned for next episode.
0: But you want it to be Zuko alone. Parentheses like when will he get it? He doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, as we know, that's one of the the myths of vulnerability is that. You know, I can do this alone. Yep, myth. And you can't. And that's not to say that you're helpless, or that's not to say that you aren't strong. But we are hardwired for connection, and we need the support of others, and we need to support others. Um, that's the only way to get through this life. Yeah. So I want to dive into the flashbacks now. Ooh, let's because I think we're we're how long are we in Max? We're uh, we're a good ways in right now,
1: and we've.
2: Thirty-five minutes. Yeah, we've, Ooh,
1: let's get in. Let's, yeah. let's get into those flashbacks, shall we? All right. So let's start off with the fact that Azula is a sociopath.
0: You are not in a place where you can diagnose that. You I do not have that expertise.
1: I feel like, and there, there's a danger. A there's, a, there's a
0: danger. <laughs> there is a danger in diagnosing uh, when you don't have that. But, uh, yes, my assumption, the, the, what's the most generous assumption you can give to Azula? Sociopath. Is She is, I, she is desperately searching for the, the, the acceptance of her father as well and feels like she can only do that if she puts down the firstborn.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So I, you're right. Thank you for holding me accountable. I was dehumanizing Azula because she's less than human, but
0: you can't say those <laughs> things. We spend episodes talking about that and working on that.
1: I'm working on it. I'm sorry.
0: But yeah, she she says very unkind things. She does have she, poor behavior. She makes up and stories she's a bad and she hurts animals. other people. Animals and her friends. Those are signs of sociopaths. And we cannot diagnose her. <laughs> As we are not experts now, if someone who listens to the show is an expert and would like to diagnose her behavior, we would love to hear about
1: it. Anyway, <laughs> but yes, she's very unkind. Well, to me, I think what's most striking about makes Azula unkind decisions is that she. Is, to me, it seems like she's a master manipulator, even at an, a very young age. And what are they? How old are they in this? Like Zuko's got to be eight or nine, and yeah. so that means she's seven or eight yeah she's a year younger she is a master manipulator that
0: moment where you see her be like oh watch this i'm gonna get my mom right now and tells yeah. that tells that to ty, that to, uh, to ty lee and yeah. then and then plays it oh i just want to hang out with my brother isn't it good for us to spend time together yeah and mom falls right in as we do right as Adults do, yeah, as anyone does when you well, don't have context around and the entire situation. it strikes me so
1: interesting because, like, we we need to trust when children tell us things, because it's the things we don't see that they're telling us about, right? Zuko running away, saying girls are crazy. We shouldn't write that off and say, "Oh, boys will be boys, girls will be girls." Ugh, worst. We need to inspect. We need to find out. We need to trust but verify. And understand what's going on between with our kids because otherwise things like that happen, go unnoticed, and then they grow up into that and we haven't been able to help them. Correct.
0: And Azula just Yeah plays into that. I mean we even get a moment where Azula runs out of the room after picking on Zuko or fighting with Zuko and Ursa even says, What is what wrong is wrong with, with that, that child?
1: yeah this is right after she talks about um azulon's going to die and you know somebody he's going to be replaced by a really powerful fire lord uh and she gets like reprimanded and said azula and then she just like walks out with this smug grin on her face and well,
0: we're also talking about moments where azula has been like I hope i hope iroh dies so dad can be the fire lord exactly. and like moments like I, that's not exactly how she words it but it's pretty much like what if Iroh dies when he's out at war and our pups gets yeah. to, to be the fire lord? And um, we know that Urs, like Iroh, I would imagine, out of the family life, because Urs is very kind very caring.
1: We see her caring in every moment I'll with Zuko. I'll say
0: this. There might be some spoilers to the comic book, The Search, in a conversation that we're about to have. So if you are reading that comic book or have not read that comic book and, and want to, this is one of the Avatar comic books that takes place after the show ends um that they came out with but they talks a lot about ursa's past so spoiler alert for this but we find out the way that she kind of gets into the uh fire lord ozai's network is she's married into she's married into it by her family essentially um azulon comes down it's told by the sages that um you need to find the granddaughter of roku and they essentially marry her off into this family. So she is this kind and loving person. And so Iroh's got to be the only other person like that in the family for the most part. Um, and so for to hear your own daughter wishing for his death has to be pretty hard. Yeah. Um. And so we see all these moments with Azula where we're like, all right, cool. Uh, Don't love that character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they do a really good job of making you not want to like Azula. So, they've succeeded with me. <laughs> um, She's not a fan. I have two more things I want to talk about. Let's do it. The first one is Iroh's letter that includes gifts for Azula and Zuko.
0: Very gendered gifts.
1: So I have a theory about that, and tell me how you think about this. I have there's two. I have two readings of it. One is that he is. In his, um, he's still a part of the Fire Nation. He still hasn't like learned his lessons yet. He still hasn't. Uh, he's still growing as an adult, and so he's playing into the gender norms. Gives Zuko be- because he's a boy a dagger, and gives Azula because she's a girl a doll. Right. That to me is living into the patriarchy. It feels like he is just playing into it, and he's a victim of it as well. Right? I
0: would argue that's how most people probably
1: saw that. Yeah, 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 I agree, and it's how I saw it until. I thought about it. And so I wonder because we are, we are very generous with Iro. Like Iro we just assume as Iro is all wisdomous and knowing and smart and uh, Don't
0: you dare try to make me
1: think otherwise. wisdomous, <laughs> right? So I I wonder if we give Iro the credit here as well and say maybe he wasn't playing into the patriarchy. Maybe it was intentional. Oh, So
0: I see, I you know, as you think about it, I think of it as Iroh's always been about balance. Yeah. Has always been about balance, and that's why we, you know, the White Lotus and everything else that we know that comes to be true. Um, and so does he feel like Zuko needs a little bit more of the fighter in him, and that Azula needs a little bit more of the
1: yeah. kindness and caring well, in her, and, and that's and, why he gave those gifts the way he did. And it and it, intent is important. Right. But also, it is, regardless of intent, it is still reinforcing patriarchal values. Correct. But still, I wonder if it's more generous to read into it that he has seen Azula and knows what she's like and has seen her behavior. And she, he's. She seen does not Zuko need a knife. And yeah, she doesn't need a knife. <laughs> she would, you know, kill little animals and hide their bones in her closet because she's. What? Potentially. A sociopath. <laughs> we
0: don't know that. Someone send Ben a shirt that has Azula on it and says, I can't diagnose her. That's what he needs. I would wear it. I know you would.
1: Um, all right. Second thing I want to talk about, and last thing that I have on my list, is when they are called into Azulon's chambers, and uh, Azulon asks Azula to demonstrate her firebending.
0: Well, I think Ozai presents that
1: yeah oh yeah
0: so i don't know if azulon asked for it but i think ozai says like
3: show us we would what like... you've learned exactly he's the one right? speaking
0: saying show us what you learned because you see that moment all
1: right continue so it feels like zuko can't accept that azula is better than he is she also throws a little side jab his way and be and that's part of the reason right he can't accept being not as good as yeah right
0: it's like when you and i play ping pong you just don't love that I'm better at you at it.
1: Uh, continue, that's a funny joke. Continue, everyone. I'm go. It is ping go, pong. Go ahead. You're the one who derailed this I into know. ping Con, pong. Continue. I'm sorry. Admit your defeat. I will not. I am better than you at ping pong. Anyway, um, so there's a book by Bessel Van Der Kolk. It's a, called "The Body Keeps the Score," and it's about trauma. Let the body keep the score, let the body keep the score, let the
2: body keep the score, let the body keep That's the score. That's Max, everybody. Stop.
1: Thanks for your contribution to this episode. <laughs> that might have been traumatic for some of our listeners. Mm. But, uh, anyway.
0: <laughs> I love a good Max joke, just jumping in with uh, with punny music cues, little needle drops.
1: And so the book is about trauma, and how the trauma affects the body, and it's interesting to me because Zuko is not as good at firebending as Azula. Azula is clearly very talented, and Zuko is—it's very much seen as empathetic in this episode um, when he, when Azula tries to say like he's a loser and I- Iroh, excuse me, is a loser, and he just came back because he's blah 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 blah. Zuko's like, no, he's probably just really hurt that his son died. Yeah, first of all, like,
0: super empathetic for an eight-year-old. What a, exactly, like, right?
1: Really, that's that's really in touch with an adult's feelings. Yeah, and so the fact that one, we're comparing and contrasting, it feels like Zuko has probably taken on the anxiety and the stress of having already trying to having to try and please his dad, and um i wonder if that's affecting his bending and the reason i say that is because he is he struggles with bending and we see him struggle with with it even as he practices with iroh even as he like do it again teach me and he's like he's still struggling to learn he's clearly good but i I wonder if he is held back a little bit because of the trauma little t trauma that he has experienced over the course of his life that is in his body and that's just a theory that I have. I wonder. Did there are
0: biological reactions to emotional and physical trauma yes. that take place and due to that his bending could be worse because of that and because of
1: that moment. And we see his bending grow especially at, in the next season as he transforms with Aang. and it feels like that's a like it feels like he's going through a lot of acceptance with accepting himself and starting to eventually love and nurture himself in that season and his bending improves
0: oh absolutely
1: so i just i just wonder
0: well i think you're dead on i think that that's that's uh there's we know from working with kids as long as we have there are physical responses to the way that kids interact or that their bodies show trauma we know that from research we know that from data and so to say that that's the reason he's not performing well, I think, is is probably spot on. Um, and something that I didn't think about. But I about. can't diagnose because I'm not an expert. That's true. We can't diagnose. We aren't experts. We're just people who read a lot and watch a lot of Avatar.
1: Those are both true things. Those are, those <laughs> are accurate <laughs> statements.
0: Um, we have a voicemail. Uh, if there's anything else that you don't want to say or you're I'm rapping. Max Gongaware, want to jump in with any... Anything wait. that you've heard? Anything that you uh, want to add on to this? No. One day you're going to have something to add on, and I can't wait to hear it. One day. He added on today. Well, I mean, that was a little song. Uh-huh. Little, little song. All right, well, we will be right back with a voicemail, and then we will jump on into our devotion. Join us then. You have reached the voicemail box of... Bending, not breaking. Please leave a message
3: after the tone. Hey, Sunshine of Ben. My name is Chris, and I'm really digging the podcast. Can't wait for more content. Something I look forward to each week. I appreciate the work you guys put into this. Uh, so I wanted to take a moment to share gratitude for the Avatar universe, because I feel like uh, you know it's kind of helped me get a better grasp of who I am. Specifically, uh, I'm grateful for Toph's character. I know you haven't gotten to the episode yet, but in the episode The Chase, we start to see Toph's character and attitude. feels like she's grown up as fiercely independent because of the secret earthbending skills she held onto for so long. And even though that secret is no longer a secret, really, the independence is still there as what seems to me as uh, kind of a crutch. Uh, I've had a similar experience where holding onto a secret has made it difficult to work in groups. And I just want to wish for everyone who has needed to lean into independence for emotional safety to know that they are not alone. Uh, Toff and I both have had to learn how to be part of a group, and I'm thankful for her struggle because I don't feel so alone. Uh, anyways, thanks for the podcast, y'all. I can't wait to hear more, uh, and uh, look forward to hearing your answer, So, uh, or your reflection, rather. Uh, bye-bye.
0: Wow, uh, Chris. Thank you so much for that. I, I don't know if there's a more important message than you are not alone. I think that can be one of the most powerful things that you can tell someone else. Um, and so thank you so much for being willing to share that and to share how... Um, Toff has played a role in your life I think ben and I completely understand yeah these characters uh, and how they can make us better people I think that's kind of been the goal of this podcast but to, to know that these characters have the ability to truly impact others and in such a positive way i think it's really important and something that's really cool about this show um so thank you for sharing that powerful message because i think that that's not something we think about all the time. No,
1: I'm kind of taking it back because that's very similar to things that I've gone through. And I just really appreciate how we can all be a part of this together and um, learn and feel connected to each other through Avatar.
0: Thanks again, Chris. Um, Thank you for sending it in. Thank you for taking the time. And if you would also like to share your story of, of impact or your reflections or your questions or any of those things, please send us a voice memo to the at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the show. Um, just keep sending those in. We, we love having them. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, and again, the at gmail.com is where you can send those. Before we wrap the episode today, it is time to do our weekly devotion, our reflection on how we are going to look at the lens. And this week we are doing that through the element of air. The element of air. So, air and acceptance is what we're doing. Ben, what's your goal for the week?
1: So, when I think about air and acceptance, I think about how they both start with the letter A, which is.
0: Alliteration alliterate. also starts with the letter A. Did you Don't say interrupt
1: it, me. Did you say it's alliterate? I said alliterate, <laughs> yeah. So what I've been thinking about is like the first thing that came to my mind is I just, I wanted to be like a hurricane of acceptance and just create a wave across everyone who I came in contact with. But then I remembered the scale that we talked about at the beginning and how uh, acceptance is not enough for me. And I, I want to, that led me to think about other things when it came to air. And I thought about um, what, it, what the Latin is for inspire, which is inspirare, which is essentially to breathe life into. And that's what I want to do. I want to breathe life into others and inspire them to breathe. Be themselves and accept themselves so that they can get to the point where they can love themselves as fully as possible. And so um, a small step in the right direction is better than no steps in the right direction. And so small steps to change are steps in the right direction. And I want to help people move from pity, move from tolerance to acceptance and then help them get further than that if possible.
0: I think in a similar vein, I think of the wind uh, in the air is something we have to accept, right? Like we don't get to change that outcome. We don't get to say that it doesn't exist. Um, but for us, for, for the wind to be powerful, for it to, to do what it does best and, um, create energy for us or, um, be a useful tool. It's, it's in the way that we nurture that wind. And so thinking in the similar vein of the, of the scale that we talked about earlier, how do I nurture others? um so that all the things that they are already get to be used in the in the best way possible to help create energy and power for others and so um that's kind of what i thought about when i thought about accepting and 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 air um what are you going to do this week let us know tweet at us at the archive at g uh at the archive or at bmb underscore pod um bnb underscore pause where you can follow us on twitter and instagram there's a lot of bonus content out there you can donate to our patreon at patreon.com backslash the archive. that helps us keep these shows going and there's also bonus content and bonus podcast on that and is there anything else you'd like to share ben or max before we say goodbye for this week
1: send us voicemail oh,
0: send us voicemails honestly one of my favorite parts of what we get to do is hearing from y'all so please 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 Send us a, a minute voicemail um, with something that you just want to add and contribute to the show because we, we absolutely love having that. Max, anything from you? Anything you'd like to say?
2: Not at this time.
0: Well, Max, again, thank you for being here and thank you for doing this because this show wouldn't be nearly as good if you weren't a part of it. I
2: have faith in y'all.
0: Well, I mean, like, I think we do fine, but I think we're better when you're here.
1: Fine on a scale of what?
0: All right, anyways... Thank you so much. I am Sunshine Mayfield. Ben Pruitt. And you've been listening to Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, goodbye.